0: Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here with us today. As usual, we have great resources to share with you to help you on the road to recovery with your child from their symptoms of autism. And remember, the definition of recovery is to regain health. And today's topic will be on emotional clearing techniques. This is a little bit different technique, but the same principles of something I've talked about in the past with you here on the show show where we talked about some emotion, uh, emotion code uh, type of work with very similar, but it's basically when trapped emotions are in the body and they often are at the root of disease and they can prevent us from, from achieving full health and recovery and they definitely get in the way of, at a subconscious level. So we need to have options and knowledge about how we can remove those and get those obstacles out of the way so that we can reach our optimum health and recovery for not just our child with autism, but for the entire family. But uh, today we have Dr. Sobel Bunis with us, and she is an expert in emotional clearing technique. And I'd like to give you a little bit of her background just to introduce her. Dr. Sobel Bunis graduated from Cornell University with a degree in psychology, sociology, and child development. After moving to California, she became a doctor of chiropractic and for over 30 years has been providing holistic family care on the central coast of California and globally via phone. Her practices always included full-body manual and non force chiropractic adjustments as well as functional medicine, nutritional programs for her patients. She got trained in emotional clearing techniques right out of school because she knew from her chiropractic philosophy mentors that emotional mind-body connection often held the key to getting the roots of helping people heal. For over 30 years now, she has had the honor and privilege of working with individuals and families, working on both the physical and emotional level. She has often treated four generations of a family at the same time, and this has helped her observe family and generation emotional patterns, which she now knows how to clear to help the whole family system. And to quote Dr. Bunis, In all of my years in practice, I have yet to meet a patient or family that didn't have residual emotional trauma patterns at the roots of their health and behavioral issues. Yes, absolutely. I know in my 30 years of craniosacral work, I have absolutely uh, found the, the same to be true. It's It's a relief to know that we have techniques that can get to these subconscious levels to free them at really at their core level. Welcome, Dr. Bunis, and thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Very happy to be here, Karen.
0: So can you give us just start with maybe some basic explanation uh, on emotional clearing techniques and, um, you know, a little more on, you know, maybe why it's so important and how we store these found these memories?
1: Absolutely. I would love to do that. But first, I really want to acknowledge you. Take a moment and acknowledge you because, you know, I've known you for a long time and I've really seen how there's nothing more motivating than a parent with a child in trouble. And you had all those years of your natural health practice, but, you know, when it came to helping your own son, I mean, you've really been absolutely relentless and absolutely, you know, a a tigress for your son, <laughs> and it's made all the difference in the world for him, and, and he's, you know, really fulfilling his potential. It's just been wonderful to watch, and it's been wonderful to participate, and I think it's important today um, in a world where we don't necessarily honor a parent and a parent's knowledge and wisdom. I think you've really shown people, and now you've got a, a you're, you're a global resource at this point, Karen. You've really become a global resource, and I I'm really proud to know you and proud to um, work with you in any way I can. Um, and the other thing, your audience probably doesn't know that you and I live close to each other and whether we run into each other at the gym or the <laughs> store or the farmer's market, we are having these conversations. And every time you and I finish a conversation, we say the same thing. We say, darn, we should have been recording that. People would have found that fascinating. So Karen, here we go. We're kind <laughs> recording a conversation. And. Um, Yeah, and it's true. We never talk about anything lightweight. We're always talking about this because we're dedicated to it. So today we're talking about the emotional clearing technique. And, of course, your program covers all other aspects of what it takes to recover naturally from autism. But today we're really going to focus on the emotional part of it. And our bodies will hold on to memories of things that happened in our past that felt traumatic to us. And I emphasize felt traumatic because what feels traumatic to one person might not feel traumatic to another one. But the reason these emotions from these traumatic events get stuck in our nervous system is because our body is designed to protect us in the future. So in case something happens again as we go through our life, our body has stored these emotional memories to warn us and to protect us about a similarly dangerous situation. So for a 3-year-old, to a 3-year-old, it might be uh, threatening to hear the parents fighting because the sound of loud, loud voices might be incredibly threatening to a 3-year-old who doesn't understand what's going on, whereas a 10-year-old might be able to hear parents fight and not react in the same way. So everything that we're going to talk about today has everything to do with how an individual human being responds to life and what feels threatening to them. Does that make sense? Is that clear?
0: Absolutely, yeah, and uh, and I think I think it's easy to understand. I mean, so, so many people realize they might go to therapy and talk about what's going on for years, uh, but they still may fall back into the same patterns. And I know that um, I've, I've, I've done some um, epigenetic interviews in the past, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton and things like that, about how the the subconscious is actually developed by the age of seven, and the rest of our life after the age of seven, the majority of what how we function consciously is driven by our subconscious and by emotional um, impacts and it can be something and we should definitely talk about this today uh, it can be something that might not have seemed like an actual trauma even like it it might not even be recognizable to anyone that that was something that was so significant enough to the psyche to uh, shift a pattern and create a an internal psychic trauma so um, why don't we delve further into some of that? You, you, I know you have some great right. uh, examples.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, each one's a little uh, different, but it will give um, this impression that you're looking for, which is how somebody experiences something is, is the crucial factor here. So I had someone come to me with fear flying one time, and um, he asked me if I thought I could help. And I said, I'm not sure, but let's, let's give it a try. Now I use something called kinesiology, which is a form of, muscle testing and it's the way that we test the body to find out where in the nervous system the emotions are stuck. So here we have a grown man in his 40s, afraid to fly and has been for years, has no idea why he's afraid to fly, had no past experience of having trouble or fear of flying or any kind of negative experiences. But when I tested him, I found out that at age seven or eight, he was riding home one night. I lived in the country and he had stayed too late at a friend's house and he was riding home along this country road, and he went off the road and into a ravine. Okay? And in that moment of going off the road and into the ravine, his body felt like it was flying. And he had this horrible fear between the time he went off the road and the time he actually landed. And once we did the emotional clearing technique and we removed that fear from his body, he got on a plane the next day and he was fine. So. It's interesting because fear of flying, it had nothing to do with an actual experience of flying. It had to do with the emotional reality that he was flying when he went off the road and into the ditch. So it's a pretty interesting thing, right? I mean, it's how somebody perceives something that makes the difference and how the body holds on to that memory. And another really simple case, and this one has to do with food and with autistic children. I know you talk a lot about food and how important food is. Um, and looking for foods that are triggers for negative behavior. I know you covered that a lot. So I'm going to give you an example about an emotional connection to food. I had um, a, an adult patient who was very, very uh, allergic to eggs. and She would get very nauseous and she would vomit horribly any time she ate eggs, even if they were cooked into something. And when I tested her, it went back to age 7 or 8, again, such a critical time. And she was going to church on Easter. And her mother gave her the tray of beautiful Easter eggs to carry into the church, and she tripped, and she fell, and she smashed all the eggs. And from that day forward, she was, quote-unquote, to eggs. So this was how her, she experienced the trauma, around a food, right? But once we cleared that emotional trauma from her body, she was able to eat eggs again. Um, so I, there Again, it makes the point that it's your perception of how you experience something that can get stuck in your body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we need to take a short break right now, but when we come back, we will delve further into some of the specific issues of children with autism and um, and how we can work with those. And I did create a page for you as usual uh, for any links or anything that we have that associates with this episode. It will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 23, just the numbers two three. So um, just so you know that, uh, in case you're driving or out on your morning walk or run, uh, and uh, when you want to refer back. So we need to take a short break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Stay with us. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas and today we are talking about emotional clearing techniques and how to remove the subconscious level traumas that we hold in our system that can actually prevent us from having optimum health and preventing us from getting better and our kids with autism have many issues that could have been developed along the way as they they had um various uh, issues going on. we know that we we were just uh, talking about picky eating. Before we broke off for the uh, the break, and um, picky eaters, this is a big one with parents. I know we all, if you have a child with autism, you have dealt with it. That's just the way it is. And I remember going through it myself with my son. And just to help you out, he today no longer has any picking eating issues. He's not that way at all. But it's good to know that there can be emotional triggers that are causing the picky eating. You know, if they have food allergies and their stomach hurts to, when they eat, they can associate food with pain. So, well, they, or they watch the, the parent's anxiety as the parents, you know, as you as a parent come with, toward them with food and you feel, if you're feeling fearful and they pick up on that, they're thinking, well, what do I have to be afraid of? And so let Dr. Bunis, uh, we have Dr. Sobel Bunis here with us today, who is an expert in emotional clearing techniques. And I think it'd be important for our parents, uh, Dr. Bunis, if we could talk about, some of those emotional triggers that might cause some of these issues with autism, especially when it comes to picky eating. I know you have a, an example of something around that, don't you? <laughs> we were talking about picky eating and emotional triggers. And you yeah. uh, Can you talk a little bit more about those emotional triggers? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. I was I was uh, mentioning specifically a young woman that I'm working with who is a very, very picky eater. And it turns out that a lot of her eating issues go back into her early, early childhood when she was only six months old and she had to have a very serious surgery. And after that surgery, um, she developed excruciating pain every time she ate. And so the um, every time um, her parents tried to feed her, they, she experienced excruciating abdominal pain. And so what we're working on right now is clearing the emotional reaction to food that her body is still holding onto in her early 20s, but it goes all the way back into infancy. And so layer by layer, we are clearing these emotional patterns that are associated with the pain of eating. And, you know, when a child that young is in that much pain, it's threatening, it's feels very, very threatening. So naturally, any time a child feels something that's threatening, the body holds on to that emotion and it sticks in the nervous system. And And Karen, this actually brings up a very important point for all of your listeners, which is that healing is a layer by layer process. It's very, very rare, as you well know. Um, with the families she work with, to find one simple cause that is going to answer everything. Healing is a layer-by-layer layer process. So for this particular young woman, because her problems started so early on in her life, we have to work layer-by-layer layer in order to remove those emotional triggers so that she can eat a more healthy diet as a young adult and thrive. So also I think it's important to know that certain foods, can cause very, very dramatic behavior, even if there's an allergy or food sensitivity. Um, I had a young child brought to me years ago. He was a a beautiful, angel-faced child, and his aunt said to me, oh, he has been kicked out of camp for fits of rage. And I looked at this beautiful boy and i said since rage where is this coming from well it turned out he had a food sensitivity to peanut butter and every day at lunch he was being given peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and every day after lunch he was out of control so once again you have taught your listeners how important food is and how important it is to have allergies and sensitivities tested and from my standpoint it's also very important to clear the emotional traumas that a young child's body might be holding on to from past negative experiences with food. And the piece you also mentioned is probably where we should go next because I think it's a huge piece here. And that is the child's sensitivity to the parent's emotions, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd
1: love to go into that next
0: I know that um, that uh, I have always been around water my whole life, and and as a as as a child, I we were my parents were always we were always at lakes and oceans, and I w- I'm very comfortable in water. So when I was raising my kids, I was very comfortable around water, and my kids always were. And I noticed parents say, "How did you get your kids so comfortable with water?" And I thought. At first, well, why wouldn't they be? And then I realized that I watched other parents have a fear around water and their children picked up on their parents' fear of water. So so they developed a fear of water and it just came from not even necessarily words so much than the parents' actions or the look on their face. So that can happen with any situation, uh, just like, uh, bringing food. So, um, you know, there are, there are issues, uh, around sleep. There are issues around um, going to school or, or taking your child to the park or out in public or a child with autism. There are so many other things that, you know, again, I've, I've mentioned before, if you don't have a child with autism, you have no idea what it's like, because there is a sense of isolation just because you do get treated differently and your child does. And the child is definitely right. picking up on that. And that social awkwardness and that that sense that they, you know, are are, you know, something's different or wrong with them or why don't people want to be my friend, you know, that's very hurtful. And then they create anxiety around, it creates a sense of anxiety for them around other people and they often then behave inappropriately. And so that is another thing to look into is what might be, you know, the trigger behind them behaving the way that they do in specific social situations.
1: Yes. So, Karen, that opens up a whole wonderful arena. And, okay, and I know that we're only going to be able to start it and then we're going to a break, but I want to talk about, number one, we we need to look at the whole family and we need to look at everybody's sensitivity to emotions, not just the children, but the parents as well. And when we come back, let's really dive into that, okay? Okay.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media, TuneIn Radio, and we can be found on iHeart and iTunes. Stay with us. We will be right Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here today. We are talking about emotional clearing techniques and how old trapped emotions can get stuck in the body and can prevent us from getting better and can actually create disease as well. So we want to know how to clear those. And before the break, we were talking a little bit getting into some of the, the social awkwardness, but it's really around opinions and judgments that others have over us. And that this really is not just about our children. It's about a whole family uh, uh Of uh, dynamic and generational dynamic as well so we have Dr. Sobel Bunis here with us today and uh, she is an expert on emotional clearing techniques and and Dr. Bunis can you talk a little bit about um, what you've noticed with entire family units and and how that that comes into play with that type of dynamic and then what what can be done or what should be done with an entire family dynamic like that?
1: Great. I'd love to, Karen. So I've been in practice over 30 years. I've had the privilege of treating sometimes four generations of a family at the same time doing emotional clearing. And talk about looking at patterns, and you see the great-grandmother who came over from Europe, and, and then her children, and, and her grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. And you can see how these emotional family patterns travel through the generations. They call it generational emotional trauma. And in fact, soon I think the science will catch up with what you and I already know. We've observed this phenomenon, but actually they're doing research now that proves that emotional trauma alters the DNA and the RNA, and it can actually affect generations. The science is going to be brilliant in another five or 10 years. It's going to be solid, but right now they're just in the process of starting to show that, but it's something that you and I already know and something I've observed. So one thing I want to say is If you've ever had a child where you think, wow, was this kid born this way? It seems like this child was born already with these issues. Sometimes it's true because sometimes what a child is carrying is actually a family pattern. And over the last two to three years, especially in my practice, I've been really delving into finding and clearing those family patterns from the nervous system. And it's been very, very powerful And I've been watching whole family systems transform. So that's one issue, what we call the family pattern. Um, The other patterns that come down through the generations are cultural patterns. So, for example, I work with a family where everybody was born in England, and they carry a lot of residue from that class consciousness. Like if you came from a family that were coal miners, how dare you think you can improve yourself and go become a professional? So they carry a lot of that cultural judgment as well in their uh, nervous system. And that's really fun to clear because it really frees people up. The most important part of this conversation is that you are not dealing with an autistic child. You are dealing with a family system. And parents are incredibly susceptible to the judgment of others. And nobody can understand, like you just said, Karen, nobody can know how hard it is and how difficult it is and the challenges that these families face. But people are just happy as can be to come along and offer opinions and judgments. Um, I watched a beautiful movie on Netflix the other night called Harold and Lillian, and this was a Hollywood artistic couple, and they had a child in 1949 who was autistic, but so little was understood. And the only thing they could offer this woman with her child was to have her in a Freudian psychology group. And she just, she said the damage that was done to her family from that was horrible because they called the mothers refrigerator mothers, implying that they gave no love and attention to their children.
0: There's a lot of blame. Oh yeah. We still get that today.
1: Yeah. 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 So, number one, when I do emotional clearing on adults, they are just as susceptible as their children to being sensitive to judgment. And very often, a lot of these emotional traumas go back into early childhood, again, before the age of seven, where they experienced things at home, with family, with siblings, with teachers, where they felt judged, where they felt powerless, where they felt angry and resentful, but had no place to express those feelings. And so they carry those feelings today, including a whole lot of self-doubt. I find that in so many people, self-doubt. And so when strangers come and, you know, offer opinions or family members offer opinions, it triggers that deep self-doubt. And that's the last thing parents need to be dealing with when they have the challenges they face day to day. The other side of this is the child, um, the the child themselves, the children themselves tend to be very sensitive emotionally. In other words, if you have a mother or father around them that's worried or, you know what I find a lot, Karen, you and I have spoken about this a lot. When families go through the process of getting a diagnosis, these children take on these beliefs that there's something wrong with me. This is, I see this over and over again with children, not just autistic children, but when children have challenges and the parents take them here and take them there and go to this doctor and that doctor, Um they take on these beliefs that there's something wrong with me. And and that is very painful. So that is part of one of the things that I look for and help clear from the children's nervous system is those negative beliefs that they carry. Um, there's a like lot of respond? defense. I know I'm saying a lot here.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. It's true because there's also a lot of defensiveness sometimes with parents when they get a diagnosis as well. You know, there's nothing wrong with my child. We're not saying something's wrong with your child. You're just being told, okay, these are, autumn is just a lumping of symptoms. And what I have found and why I've created the program and things that I have are, is is that this really isn't a genetic issue. It's environmentally based and, and affecting the biology and so it's a health related issue this is autism is not a mental illness but when that diagnosis comes along you know you you've got a mixture of of relief to find out, okay, this is what's going on. But then also grief, and then yeah, you worry. There's judgment, and then so much worry, the worry and the fear that goes along with it. We need to take a short break right now. But when we come back, I think we should we should address a little bit of that because I I do know that a parent's worry and fear can get in the way of their child's recovery. And I've I've watched this um, with myself and with others, and I've got to clear that out of the way. So we're gonna take a short break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we will be... Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And today we're talking about emotional clearing techniques and getting rid of those old trapped emotions that can prevent us and our children from getting better and, um, and achieving optimum health and recovery. And I know that when when we get our, when our child is diagnosed with autism, there is, there are, there are just so many emotions that shoot through you. And one of them, a big one that, that we tend to hold on to is worry and fear. What can I do? Will my child ever get better? Can they get better? And, and that fear and worry and doubt can get in the way of that, um, of, of, the optimum recovery. It can actually um, uh, be something that that's a hindrance in that. And you know, parents are under so much stress, and and then there's the financial aspects, and kids are also picking up on all of that. Um, I remember when I had uh, this one mom would bring her son to me for craniosacral therapy and, and he would always, every time she would go to pay me at the end, he goes, how much is that going to cost us? Like he was so afraid of, of the amount of money his parents were, were spending. And of course, he had picked that up because he had... I'm sure heard his parents arguing about money and we can't afford it, but we need this therapy, but we need to do this. And so can we address some of that to uh, Dr. Bunis about how, you know, it, how some of that can get cleared, uh, what people can do about that with emotional clearing. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. I didn't there for a second. Yeah. So I was oh, just okay, talking great. about yes. addressing the, some of the, the worry, the fear, the, the issues that the kids are, you know, picking up from the parents.
1: Yes, and I think we can talk about it in the context that you mentioned, but also in the context of the whole family system. So, for example, as you said, once the diagnosis occurs and these, these emotions come up, the worry and the fear, and there is, of course, the child being sensitive to that, but there's also we want to look at the parents and how that worry and fear may trigger their own old emotional issues. So what happens, I want I think it's a good point here in the interview to talk about what happens between people when they get into these old emotions being triggered, what, is ha- what happens to their relationship. So, for example, let's say something comes up, they're in the process of getting the diagnosis, they're worried about money, they're worried about their child, they're worried about all sorts of things. And for, for the mother, let's say, that worry takes her back into her childhood and some unconscious trauma that she experienced with her family around money or survival so now she's a grown woman but the emotional reality of that worry is now stirred up in her and she now speaks to her husband and something about the way she speaks to him triggers one of his old stuck emotional patterns from his childhood so now you have two adults speaking as if they're adults but the emotional reality of their childhood trauma is is really what's coming through and so they end up in fights so a lot of times parents will end up in fights Not because they're really dealing with what's present, but the issues that are coming up in their present life are triggering these old emotional traumas. And so when I come along and I do the emotional clearing for the mother and the father, it calms down and releases all of that old emotional trauma, and the fights actually stop. I've seen it happen over and over again. So that's number one, and it's really important for us to look at the relationship between the parents to make sure that they're not triggering each other and making the whole situation harder. So that's number one. Number two, when we look at how that affects the child, um, children do not have a strong sense of self until age seven. And so just like Dr. Bruce Lipton, you mentioned that interview and how he talked about age seven, it's a critical developmental age. So before the age of seven, Children do not have really healthy boundaries around other people's emotions. And so they are very, very what we call oversensitive or oversympathetic to the emotions around them. And just like you described the child who was fearful every time his mother went to write a check, this is very real for these children. It feels very, very threatening. So once again, Karen, it's so important to work with every member of the family who might be reacting to the situation and who has in their in their nervous system these old stuck emotions, and we should never ever forget also about the um the siblings because if there're siblings in this family, number one, they are continually uh, being uh, having to address the fact that they have a brother or sister who is the focus of the family. And it's um it's important to make sure that those children are taken care of as well. Does that make sense to you? I know that's something that you've worked with a lot too, with looking oh, sure. at how the siblings might be reacting.
0: Right. I mean the the child with autism is you know, is is requiring a lot of, of the parents' energy and the other kids kids other siblings can get resentful or they can be fearful. It, it just, um, it, there's, you know, they can feel like they're being left out there. There are a lot of other issues or they're afraid I've I've noticed, uh, I had a friend, her, her, her daughter who was not autistic, was afraid to invite friends over to her home because of her, her brother with autism. So yeah, there are a lot of, of issues too that, that are withheld that from, from siblings. And it's interesting, too, because we're talking a little bit about the epigenetic issue that research is indicating that emotional traumas actually change the DNA expression and can yes. affect The following generations. I mean, this is a generational thing. We can actually be born into a life with generational aspects from our parents, or their parents, or their parents, or great, great, great grandparents, many, many years back. So that's where, if you look at something in your life that actually has a pattern, and you notice that that pattern, whether it's in relationships or with money or whatever, that that keeps presenting itself in your life, then that is when you really want to look at, okay, why does this keep happening to me in my life? And it might, it's not your fault. It might just be something you notice and it's that energy and that, and that, that literal, that DNA expression that is coming up that keeps triggering and keeps bringing that piece back. So if, if there's something that is going on that you need to clear, then, um, then that's, that's where emotional clearing technique uh, can come in really, really well.
1: Right, exactly. And in the last two to three years, especially I've been focused on that aspect. I've been looking more and more at, um, family patterns and generational patterns and what is great is that using the clearing technique which by the way is a very gentle technique and um, once we find the emotion and find where it's stuck in the energy field in the in the nervous system it's very easy to clear it but um, these patterns are, so so important to find and clear because as you say people people are dealing with something that isn't even theirs necessarily it's coming from something so old that they had nothing to do with so it's a very powerful tool to clear these family patterns and generational patterns
0: yeah and that's a a perfect segue into our uh, our next segment when we come back from this short break we'll talk about how you do find uh, how emotional clearing works, how you can find those patterns, and how how you can clear them. So um, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. We're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Please stay with us. We will Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas and today we are talking to you about emotional clearing techniques. And we've given you a lot of background about you know, some of the things that you can actually be born into this life with emotional, stuck emotional patterns, ones that can be created and um, how they can actually get in the way and prevent uh, optimum recovery, optimum health for anyone. So uh, we'd like to talk to you now about how you how you go about finding uh tra- old trapped emotions and then how you clear them with emotional clearing technique and just so everybody knows too, I have interviewed Dr. Sobel Bunis on a Podcast video in the past, and we go into some more examples. So I'm going to link to that that podcast on the page I've created for you at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 23, just the numbers two three, and um, and, and any links as well uh, to resources for for uh, for the emotional clearing aspects. So Dr. Buna, would you give some background to our listeners who might be completely unfamiliar with with how this works, that how you find trapped emotions and how you can clear them.
1: Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So I've mentioned before that we know that the body is holding on to a trapped emotion in the nervous system. And I've mentioned a word kinesiology, which is a tool that we use to find where that emotion is trapped. So kinesiology is a fancy term for muscle testing. So a muscle can be strong or weak when you test it against the pressure um, when you are looking for differences in energy in the nervous system. So you're looking for what we call blockages in the nervous system. And this kind of testing, since we're on the radio and I can't show you visibly, um, what happens is I'm asking questions, I'm scanning the body's nervous system to see where the emotions are blocked. And when I find a blocked emotion, a strong muscle will actually go weak. So you have a strong muscle and it will go weak in the presence of a locked emotion. I'm just going to say it that simply. Now, let me give you a really good example that will explain how we found and cleared a stuck emotion and the immediate difference that it made. And this will hopefully uh, drive it home for everyone. Some patients of mine brought me a young child. I think he was about a year old. And he was having this um, screaming uh, that every night when they put him down in his crib and he just could not sleep, he was screaming and keeping everybody up and they they brought him to me. It turned out that he had burned his hand the week before and his mom had turned around for just a split second, he put his hand onto a wall heater, it burned. She called 911, the ambulance came, they took him in the ambulance with the mom, went to the hospital, got the burn treated, it turned out not to be that bad, but from the time he came back from the hospital, every time they laid him down in the crib, he was screaming bloody murder and would not sleep. So I used the muscle testing to check this child to see which aspect of the event had caused the stuck emotion and what the stuck emotion was. Well, I checked him for the burn itself. The burn was not, was not the problem. I checked him for his mother calling the ambulance. That was not the problem. Um, nothing frightened him except when he was in the ambulance on his back and the paramedics were standing over him. That was the place where the muscle went weak. So there was something in his little nervous system about being on his back and being vulnerable with these two strangers leaning over him that caused him to be afraid. And so every night when they put him down in the crib, what were they doing? They were recreating that scenario. He was on his back and his body remembered being on his back in a very threatening situation. And that's when he would scream and cry. And once we cleared that fear by doing a very gentle tapping on very specific points on his spine, it cleared the emotion from his nervous system, and from that point on, he went right to sleep. And that is how it's done. You find the emotion, you find where in the nervous system it's stuck, and you clear it by a very gentle tapping adjustment on the spine. And it clears it, just like you're deleting a file from a computer. Does that, does that explain it well enough, Karen, or should I go into more detail? What do you think?
0: Uh, I, I think it explains it pretty well. I mean, basically your muscle testing is kinesiology to find where the trapped emotion is by asking really a series of questions around a symptom. And then, from there you 're able to uh to be able to to clear it and um and it and also for for those listening it it can be something that can be done at distance too, which is is interesting, but it 's very effective. dr. Bunis has been doing it uh, via distance for a long time via uh, just even through the phone so um, this is something where you 're basically just looking to clear it from the um, the nervous system where it has become trapped and by freeing that it it literally can take seconds to free up an old trapped emotion so um, so yeah I, I unless you have any other examples you'd like to share I, I think that that was fairly clear um if you had uh, I mean basically sharing how that was done.
1: Yes, I think I think one thing that's important and something you mentioned way back at the beginning of the interview, you talked about people going to therapy and not being able to find these stuck emotions. Talk therapy is a wonderful, wonderful tool. But if your body is holding onto a stuck emotion that occurred in a situation where you felt really threatened and your body is holding onto it, talk therapy will not reach those emotions. In other words, your body is holding on to that emotion to protect you. And so this technique that, um, that I use and other techniques like it, these are designed to go into that unconscious, that subconscious level and find where that emotion is stuck that just talking cannot get to. So therapy is wonderful and therapy helps on many, many levels, but it will not address an actual survival emotion that is stuck in the nervous system that your body is holding onto for a very strong reason. So that's why the combination of psychotherapy and emotional clearing is a very wonderful combination because you address um, all those different layers at the same time. Um, Anything else you'd like to ask me specifically about clearing? I think you said that, um, It's hard to demonstrate muscle testing, obviously, on the radio, but it is something that can be done in person. It also can be done over the phone, and it's a very, very powerful and very effective tool that's been around uh, since the 70s that was developed by Dr. George Goodhart. So it's a wonderful, wonderful tool, the kinesiology.
0: Right. And I actually have a muscle testing video that I created that I will link to on the page for this show, which again will be naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 23. The number is 23. And we need to take one more short break and we will be right back after this and uh, and we will uh, we will continue with emotional clearing techniques. Stay with us. We'll- Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host Karen Thomas and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Thank you so much. Much for being here today. Uh, we're talking about emotional clearing technique and I think this is a really, really valuable piece in autism recovery as well as recovery of anything. Now it's it's also as we talked about, it's a survival-based issue that, that gets deep into the subconscious level and uh, into the nervous system. And it's really about individual needs, not about autism specifically. It's it's what is creating the symptoms behind what we do and how we basically, how we function in life, how we are then maybe reacting to life rather than being more of just a part of it and going with the flow. So Dr. Buenas, you know, we're, so if we talk about people reacting, is there a, a way, so emotional clearing is a way to clear that reaction but I can you emphasize on that a little bit the reaction piece
1: yes I'd love to I think that's what's happening for people a lot and I think um, that's probably the most important thing that I'm doing for someone is when you have an old emotion triggered by life something happens in life your body remembers it and says oh this feels like we felt when we were four and we were terrified because this or that happened and all of a sudden you're filled with fear and it, you don't know why it causes you to react in life. It's very hard to live in the present moment and to make a clear choice when you've got a four-year-old or a six-year-old emotion running through your system. So when we do this clearing and we move that blockage out of your nervous system, it's very, very calming, and it brings a sense of relief. And when you stop reacting to old emotional trauma, you can really start living your life in the present. And, of course, it it helps all your relationships because you're not reacting to each other. And it's just, it's such a calming, relieving thing. And over the years, I would say, over and over and over, people said to me, oh, I feel so much lighter. I feel so much lighter. And then afterwards, of course, they call me back and they say, wow, this is changing and that's changing and we're no longer having that fight. And my son is eating better or he's sleeping better or my daughter is not fighting with her sister anymore. I mean, all sorts of changes take place when people are freed up from those old emotional blockages and they stop reacting and can really, really live in the moment. That's really the essence of what it is.
0: Right, because people get into the habit of maybe taking on blame even when it's not theirs, but because they're so used to being around aspects of blame or a child who's born with colic or GI issues or, or, uh, or has uh, something that has triggered, uh, anxiety like food issues where they, all of a sudden they, they are just triggered by certain certain aspects in their life they're just again reacting to them rather than allowing you know that to to just be they all already have a developed fear around it prior to it happening so that that issue whatever it is will will continue to trigger for them and many most people are completely unaware of this because it is at a subconscious level
1: exactly and for me the beauty of it is that the nature of the technique is such that you're always looking at the individual. You're not looking at someone and treating them like they're a label. You know what I mean? I'm not looking at someone as Mm -hmm. an autistic child or the parent of an autistic child. I'm looking at a human being, an individual that has very, very specific issues that I can help them with and without judgment. And um, with all the love and compassion I can muster because I know this is a challenging situation, but we are at the effect of these things and it's, not the best of who we are. So it's such a pleasure to give people the relief and to let them live a more common present life.
0: Right. And being conscious of the way that you start seeing yourself now reacting to situations or patterns in your life and know that you do have the power also to create your own thoughts and your feelings around something. And, you know, whether you, if you have a a situation that you feel negative about that something, think something positive about it, or just think about something else that's positive and remove your mind from uh, any negative thoughts and keep that positive uh, thinking as part of your process. We are uh, needing to, to um to to wrap up today so I wanted to let you know that any links associated with this episode you can find at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 23 and those are the numbers two three. and um, we will see you next week next Tuesday please join us again we have a lot of natural resources to share with you and I want to help you to help you get your child as better and live the happiest, healthiest, most fulfilling life possible and uh, thank you for being here with us today and thank you Dr. Buena so much for being here with us and sharing your your expertise and your time with us.